Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for pulling your chair up to the cool kids table. You know that this show, my whole idea is to bring you interviews with a variety of people who are doing very interesting things, from large companies to small companies to startups to people. Our last uh, last week, we had someone from the junk industry, one of the founders of 1-800-GOT-JUNK, to the transportation industry. Today, we're going to talk about two people who are disrupting and changing the world of executive transportation and all types of things in that world. We talked to lawyers. We talked to bankers. We've talked to accountants. We've talked to people in tech. You know how it goes. The idea is I firmly believe that success leaves clues. So what we want to do is look at a lot of people who are having different types of success, and then we'll find the pieces that work for each of us. So that's what we're going to do, and today is going to be no different. But before I get started, we've got to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode, like so many of them, is brought to you by the great people at Amplifier. Now, I know that many of you have physical products that you mail to your customers or your fans. And going to the post office and packaging that stuff up, that's a pain and it steals all your time. But my friends over at Amplifier, they take care of that for you because they blend order fulfillment, screen printing, and on-demand production into a single self-service platform that you control. And you know if you listen to the show that Amplifier is who takes care of my try new things, period. My try new things, period. Shirts. And you can get one of those at trynewthings.shop. Jump over today and get one of those, and it will be printed and mailed from Amplifier. And they can integrate with your e-commerce shop and drive all your giveaway campaigns. Whether you're a big company or a small company, they're who you need to work with. And on-demand means no print inventory. So if you order a shirt, it magically happens by the elves and Amplifier. But as you grow, you can stock up on, on inventory, and Amplifier will handle that for you in their warehouse. Go over to amplifier.com slash cool things and sign up today. All right. So on this episode, we're going to interview not one, but two people. So this is like a double dose of entrepreneur brilliance that's going to come your way. I've got with us the founders of Crystal Luxuries, and that is Daniel Klein and Antonio Graham. Now, I've known Daniel for a couple of years. I met him at the gym where I work out. Uh, Daniel is a young guy who's good looking in great shape. I am an old flabby guy, but uh, I always talk to him when I see him at the gym. And I asked him, you know, what is it that you do? And it turns out that Daniel is this like really driven entrepreneur who is growing a brand in the transportation world right here in Austin, Texas. And I said, I got to have you and your partner on the show. So Daniel and Antonio, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Hey, Tom. Thanks for having us on the show. We always appreciate it. No, I think... Hey, Tom. Well, well, welcome, guys. So, what is Crystal Luxuries? Let's let's have just a basis of what is your company. That's a great question. Uh, we do both business and leisure travel. So, it's a lot of black car service. You'll see those at the airport, generally, you know, Cadillac Escalades, Lincoln Town Cars. So, we do a lot of corporate travel. We do a lot of leisure travel, uh, wine tours, uh, shuttle buses, group transportation. So it's kind of a step up from taxis, a step up from Ubers, um, but we still just get people from point A to point B. 
So is this like kind of like when, uh, you know, you see the college kids with a party bus or is this more like, uh, like, you know, like there's a corporate association, they need to transport a group of people or everything in between? So we do all of it. Uh, we do groups of, we've done groups here and from the, uh, so we're here in Austin, Texas. Uh, we have done groups from the University of Texas for um, anything from sorority outings where they go do wine tours um, to we also work with a lot of the hotels here uh, that we do corporate stuff with. So you have a group who brings their, uh, their whole crew in for a convention and they, they got to take them to the convention and then afterwards pick them up and take them to dinner. And so we have all kinds of vehicles that will cater to um, any kind of transportation they're looking for. I imagine you guys are real busy when the big citywide conventions come in because not all of our hotels in Austin are walking distance from the convention center. So I imagine you guys are busy at that time helping run some of that transportation. Yeah, that's right. And the geographic layout of Austin, I mean, you have the hill country, you have Dripping Springs, uh, you have a lot of, you know, spread out things. So even if they are staying downtown, generally, you don't see people that are just staying in for the conferences. There's generally an entertainment aspect, even to the corporate world. So transportation becomes really vital when you're spread out geographically, like this city is particularly. So why the transportation business? What led you guys into this? I know you started it pretty much right after college. I know you both kind of entered into the corporate world and went, ah, this isn't for me. What, uh, what made you say, you know, the black car service and, and Escalades and, and buses, that's what I want to do. So that's actually a really good story. Um, at the time, I was working at Enterprise Rent-A-Car in San Antonio, and I was in their management trainee program. And I was working a ton of hours and getting paid uh, a lot less. Not, not a ton of dollars. Ton of hours, not, not a ton of dollars. Yes, yes. A uh, ton of hours, not a ton of dollars. And um, we had the idea to do a exotic car rental service here in Austin. And so we started uh, the exotic car rental service here in Austin with a Lamborghini and a Bentley and an Escalade trying to get those rented out. So, so wait a second. Let me see if I can back this up. couple 22-year-old guys right out of college are like, let's buy some exotic cars and rent them to people. Sounds, <laughs> well, to, me, sounds to me like this was a way to write off like having like a magnet to meet girls. Well, it started as uh, us trying to find people to give a bunch of 22-year-olds, 23-year-olds, uh, those kind of cars. And some banks had a good laugh at us. Um, and we wound up going with, with individual investors. Um, but yeah, six months into to doing that, we realized that Austin wasn't ready to support a purely exotic car rental company. Um, and so that's when we transitioned over to the chauffeur side of things. And Antonio pointed out real quickly that there was a big problem in chauffeurs, uh, when it comes to, um, all the other companies out there, how they're presenting their vehicles, how they're presenting their drivers. And I'll let him talk a little more about that. So, yeah, we, we, uh, it's a great idea. It really was, uh, Let's get some Lamborghinis. Let's get some Bentleys. Let's make money and be able to drive them. You know, what What could be better than that? Um, and the only thing better than that is losing a ton of money doing it. So we learned pretty quickly that that's, uh, you know, that's not the direction we want to head into. And so we kind of take a look at the market and saw where the city was headed as far as uh, convention growth. You know, it really looked like it was going to be a place where a destination um, place for, you know, corporations to come and have a good time and still be able to educate themselves. So 
we kind of took that idea and started jumping through the red tape that the city has and getting all the proper vetting and all that stuff and, and uh, really saw the market kind of go in our favor when we started doing that. So it, uh, it lined up well. Sure, there was all sorts of bumps along the road um, getting there, but it, it you know, uh, fate kind of helped us out on that situation and, and changing gears without totally um, falling on our face. <laughs> well, I've interviewed a lot of people, and one of the big pieces of advice that comes from the most successful entrepreneurs is you have to know how and when to pivot, right? It's sort of the old thing, fail fast. You know, so it sounds like you got in there, but you didn't get in there with like fake blinders on. You got in there and quickly realized, hey, what we're trying to do isn't going to work. Where can we pivot this business and take it to the next step? And I think that that's something that too many times when people get into entrepreneurship, they go in thinking, oh, I'm going to open a, a, a turtle. I'm going to sell live turtles. And then it turns out that, you know, everybody wants parrots. And so it's like they become turtle and parrots and then eventually just parrots. And so you have to be willing to be able to make those moves or you could drive you know, metaphorically off a cliff, right? Yeah. And we see that still today in what we're doing, um, especially like you had mentioned um, with Uber and Lyft. Um, we see that first the, uh, the industry had hourly minimums. So regardless if you just needed to be transferred from point A to point B, uh, you were going to get charged three hour minimums or four hour minimums. And so we saw that we were losing a lot of business because a lot of people weren't wanting to pay hourly minimums. They're like, we'll figure something else out. Uh, so we sat down and we came up with transfer rates so that uh, the clients were happy and we still we still had the money we needed to release the vehicle, get the vehicle on the road. You know, that's really interesting. I hadn't thought about that in a long time, but it is true. I can remember, you know, different times when I've wanted to have that type of like limo transportation for some reason. There always was that three hour minimum. And sometimes it was just like, oh, I'm just going a half hour down the road, but I want to have that you know, level of, of transportation. I, I hadn't even thought about that. I mean, Uber certainly changes that for the industry because, you know, why, why would I do a three hour minimum when I can get there in 20 minutes in an Uber? Right. I mean, I feel like we're all having flashbacks to our prom days when we had those nice limos. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, that's a tough question because the Uber has really changed the industry and the way it's viewed from the market's mentality as far as what I expect, when I expect it, and uh, I expect it now, and I don't expect to have to pay for extra. So we have to battle that um, and deal with it a number of ways. It's not something that you can lay down to all of the time because at the end of the day, it is, it's, yes, there's four wheels, a driver, and a car, but it, it really is a, a, a different kind of service and uh, within that same industry. So let's go back a step. I mean, we sort of brushed over how you, how you got into it. I mean, yeah, you started off with the exotic cars, but what really led you to be an entrepreneur? I mean, you were working in a job where you were thinking this isn't, isn't my pathway, but I mean, you know, were, were your parents entrepreneurs? Did you always think when you were, you know, in college, did you think, yeah, I'm going to eventually start my own business? What led you to that? So <clears throat> my parents weren't, uh, weren't entrepreneurs. Uh, my dad's a carpenter. My mom's a teacher. Um, but when I was 12, I started working. Um, so we both grew up in East Texas, uh, a place called Tyler, Texas. Some of y'all may have heard of it. Uh, we've actually, we've gone to school together since we were, uh, I, was, I was one year older. I was in uh, the class with his brother, um, but we've known each other since we were like five and six. And so, um, when I was 12, I started working at a place called, um, Pappy's fireworks. 
And so I, they hired me for one day to be a box boy, break down boxes, clean up stuff. And so fireworks is all seasonal. And then um, every, every season they would call me back. And then when I was 16, uh, they made me manager of one of the stores. And then um, just over the years, I got more and more responsibilities. And the owner of that, he, he was an entrepreneur. So it was his, his uh, project, his company. And so that kind of got me started on the entrepreneurial track. And, and Antonio, you, what was sort of your background? Your parents entrepreneurs or? No, they weren't. They're both in the medical uh, field. I, I think that my entrepreneurial attitude is more of a spirit of uh, stubbornness, I guess, is kind of where it comes from. And uh, not a problem with authority necessarily, but just really um, wanting to be responsible and uh, accountable for creating whatever it is I'm a part of. And so that that kind of resilience lent itself well to it um, kind of as a last ditch effort as opposed to going into the corporate world, you know? So now that you've been doing this, you started in 2013. So you're coming up on six years since you've been, since you've been in this business. Mm-hmm. What do you love about it? You know, and I think that kind of is what I was saying beforehand is it's, it's almost the, the mentality. It's the life itself. I think that both presents challenges and opportunities. And that's what, what I really enjoy about it personally is that, uh, you know, generally you, you, everybody wants to start a business. Everybody wants to be their own boss and it's supposed to be this dream. You know, you never have to work, you make all this money and and life's perfect and, uh, getting into it and, and learning more about what's involved in, in being responsible for your own destiny, uh, really, really adds a lot of depth, I guess, to your character and how you handle yourself, how you manage your life and the kind of characteristics that are uh, important to you. And so, I, you know, that's, that's what I've really come to enjoy about what we're doing and uh, what kind of what, what drives us underneath all of that stuff. So if someone's listening to this and, and maybe they're young like you guys and they're like, yeah, you know, I'm putting in a lot of hours. I'm not getting a thing. I have that drive to carve my own path in the world. What advice would you give to other people who want to start their own business? Maybe it's maybe it's something like in transportation or maybe it's something totally different. What's what's your basic advice for people? I mean, you have to have you have to have friends. I know at, at least I know Daniel was in a fraternity in, in college. I know you have to have, you know, some fraternity brothers who are who are at your age now in your mid to late 20s who feel like they're, they're stuck. What would you tell them? Uh, so my biggest piece of advice would be have your business plan set to a T. Have everything worked out. Um, and then after your business plan, start working on your sales plan. After your sales plan, start working on your systems. Because we learned the hard way that if you try to jump into it without having all your systems in place, all your business plans, where you're going, it is going to be a hard road. And we were young. I mean, we had we had a few mentors, um, but we should have reached out to have more mentors um, because we learned a lot of the lessons that we know now the hard way. And so if anyone who's young is looking to be an entrepreneur, I would definitely tell them, reach out, get mentors um, and have all your systems in place. Um, whatever you think you're going, have a have a set system. So mentorship is a topic we talk about a lot on this show for a couple of reasons. One is that I was very blessed coming up in my life. I had some people who who stepped up and mentored me in my 
not directly in my career, but certainly on, on the sidelines, kind of helping, keeping me out of the gutters, if you will. Uh, and then the flip side is I, I mentor several people, but especially I have two guys who I've mentored for about six years who uh, they're almost like my extra kids. And so mentorship, I think, is really important. They'll tell you that you know their lives would be different if they didn't have a strong mentor. So my question is, how do you go about finding these mentors uh, specifically as an entrepreneur? Yeah, uh, you kind of have to play the cards you're dealt, I think. Uh, I was lucky enough. Like I mentioned before, my father's in the medical community, but he uh, has a real entrepreneurial spirit. He's been involved in commercial real estate, um, a lot of different avenues where that kind of you know, business savvy comes into play. So he's really played a large role into uh, keeping me from you know, falling into too many gutters and, and learning the lessons. Not the totally hard way, but you know, keeping uh, keeping us on track. But outside of that, you know, it's it's a matter of finding somebody in your industry, in your field that you see doing something similar that you want to do. And I think you can relate with this that you'll see that you know, generally most people are if you're serious about what you're doing and they can see passion in what you're doing and, a, and an interest to learn you're going to jump at that situation as a mentor because you want to give back what you've learned and be a part of something else. That's part of the reason of what we do, I hope at least is to give back at the end of it. Um, so I think it's finding somebody that's involved in your industry and, and just going up and approaching them, you know, how it actually plays out. That's, uh, that's an individual thing, you know? Well, it, you know, it, it's interesting because that's one of the things Nick and Jake, the two guys who are, who are like my fake children, you know, people ask them sometimes, how did you ever find this mentor? Well, we sort of stumbled upon each other. But the, the trick was there were two pieces of it that mattered. One is I had to be open to willing to share advice, but they had to drive the relationship early on. I couldn't call them up after I'd met them and go, hi, I'd like to mentor you today. That would have been awkward and creepy. Uh, but every few months, I mean, I didn't talk to them. I now talk to them all the time. But in the first couple of years, it was you know, once a quarter, something like that. And individually, they would call and say, you know, hey, can I buy you a cup of coffee? You know, I've got something I'm going on. I'm dealing with, you know, something for my boss. I want to ask for a raise or, you know, another company's trying to recruit me. And we would just chat about it. And, you know, I think early on, if they hadn't made the calls, if they hadn't driven that relationship, then they would have probably been just a couple of nice people who I'd met and then I never saw again. So I think that as the, that younger entrepreneur, I think you have to drive it a little bit. And this actually dovetails a lot off of the episode from last week, which is with the founder of 1-800-GOT-JUNK. And he started the business when he was like 18, right? He was like, didn't finish college. He was 18 or 19 and bought a truck and started hauling junk. And for eight years, it was a local business. And then he retooled it and, you know, took it you know, internationally. And it's interesting because he talked about how there were mentors along the way. And then he joined the entrepreneurs organization, uh, which back then it might've been called the young, it might've been YEO back then. It's now EO entrepreneurs organization and how that organization exposed him to people who held him to a higher standard and were able to guide him. So I think what we're talking about really sort of, sort of, uh, aligns there. Have you guys yet gotten involved with any of these, uh, sort of entrepreneurs organization, like a Vistage or an EO or something like that? So we haven't uh, been in any of the entrepreneur organizations or associations. Um, we are involved in a few local associations here. Um, one of these is the uh, Hotel Austin Hotel and Lodging Association, um, the Austin Concierge and Guest Services Association, and the um, Austin Young Chamber uh, Association. And I actually found my mentor in the, um, the Austin Hotel and Lodging Association, 
Um, she she's the president of quite a few associations. And the way I found her is because we we had approached her to join the organization, and <clears throat> over time. Um, she would call me, ask me, Hey, can you do this? And I had that, I just had the yes mentality. And so she could call me and I can call her for anything. And so anything I would, like you were saying, um, if I had an idea and I wanted to run it by her, I, I would call her, um, to see what she thought. And then I'd present the idea to whoever I was presenting it to. And so that's how I stumbled upon my, uh, my mentor and, um, uh, just through the associations that we, we are involved in. So do you guys hang out with a lot of other people who, who own businesses? Do you have peer groups of other, you know, mid-20s entrepreneurs? Sure. I mean, there's we have personal friends that are involved in small businesses, whether locally or in, in other cities. And and that's, you know, another, I uh, definitely want to tout that as a, as a useful resource is to having other people that either the same age or not, but other people that are in businesses that can, you know, uh, tell you an idea is great or, you know, maybe you should run away from that kind of thing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, you would got to tout the, as much, you know, your mind can only do so much. It just lives between two years. So if you don't have ideas, you know, and places to bounce them off of, you're really, um, going to limit yourself as far as, you know, setting your horizons in places. Yeah. Well, I mean, I talk about it all the time. I have a mastermind group of three other professional speakers and we run stuff by each other all the time. And sometimes it's like, yeah, that's a great idea. Here's my angle. And sometimes it's like, whoa, there, cowboy, you don't want to go there. And, you know, it's like having my own little personal board of directors that I have people that I can reach out to on good days or bad. And they're always going to be there with their two cents. And the truth is, sometimes they don't give me the answer I want. And I go and do my own thing. Our, our running joke amongst our, my mastermind group is I was going to start a podcast four and a half years ago. And it wasn't going to be directly tied to what I talked about because I was going to be pivoting some of my subjects. But I wanted to learn from entrepreneurs, so I was going to start interviewing them. And they said, that's a bad idea. It's going <laughs> to distract you, and you're not going to see any benefit from it. And I did it anyway, but part of the thing was by doing it anyway, I had to do it well. And the first year I was ranked in, you know, uh, new and noteworthy on iTunes, and it was for the first year it was one of the top 50 business podcasts. Of course, that was before everybody had a podcast. Now it's yeah. like you swing a cat and everybody has a podcast. But uh, uh, in the early days, I came out of the gates and it was really highly ranked and I grew it to the level. I've now grown it farther, but I grew it to a level with a lot of downloads and, and listeners. And so they always joke that if they had said, yes, do it, it wouldn't have been nearly as successful. Yeah. See, they find a way to, to make sure that they're on the winning side <laughs> either way. But I think that's you right. taught them a lesson, you know, and, and that's, that's how those groups work. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've gotten a lot of business from people who listen to this show or people who have been guests who then hire me to, or, to speak either for their company or they refer me to the associations they belong to. So uh, it's turned out to be a great, a great asset for me. Uh, so well, I should have put this part at the, uh, the start of the podcast. Um, I never listened. I had never listened to any podcast before uh, you had told me about yours. And then I think it took maybe like two or three times for you to tell me about your podcast before I begrudgingly decided to listen to it. And now I'm hooked. I mean, I, I know when I see you in the gym, I tell you, oh, that was a great episode. or I like this or that about it. But I was never a podcast person until you got me on it. And, and now I, you listen to a bunch them. of shows. Now you listen to other shows yeah. too. Yeah, I listen to a ton of shows. And I mean, there's always a wealth of information. You can pick little things out here and there that you can apply to whatever you're doing. 
I, I always do laugh because I'll, I'll walk over and whatever conversation I'd had on, on one of the more recent shows, I'll, I'll say hi to Daniel and he'll always tell me, he'll always recite back his favorite part of that episode. So I think that's the reason you and I became friends is I like the validation that at least somebody is listening <laughs> to my show and telling me what they're getting out of what the guests are saying. So well, you're welcome for that. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. I, I, I go in and I talk to groups about potential. I mean, you guys see it in your employees. You see it in your company. You've got potential, but the results that you get maybe aren't always up to what you think you should be getting. Now, you're, you're around other entrepreneurs. You have friends who are doing this. Obviously, you see other companies. In your you know, stage of, of your entrepreneurship, why do you think some people get farther across that gap that exists between their potential and the results that they get and other people just sort of fall into the abyss and shut the company down and, you know, get a job as an accountant. Why, why, why do some people go farther? Well, I'll say this. That's actually something we're dealing with right now, Tom. Um, we feel like we've hit a plateau and it's so hard because the reason we started this is because we offer, we offer a great service. But when you're selling, you can't go out and tell someone, oh, I offer a great service. Um, I'm, I, I've, to use something you've said in the past, oh, I suck less than the other guy. <laughs> um, and so that's something we're dealing with right now in the fact that we've hit this plateau and we're trying to get to the next level. And so we're trying to figure out ways to get to that next level. And for us, I mean, it's, it has to do with stuff with getting larger accounts getting more exposure out there. And the thing, the going back to the paradox of potential is you can have great potential, which our company does. Uh, we do amazing things, um, but you have to have that drive to push you to go out there and get those big contracts and, and get more exposure. And so it's the drive, I think, that separates people from um, getting over that plateau and making it or failing. Yeah, well, I think it's that drive and that passion that gets you out of bed on the bad days because entrepreneurship has a lot of bad days. And, you know, you get up and you do it anyway because you're driven to do it. And I think the people who are not in it for the right reasons or who have burned out, they don't get out of bed on the bad days. And one bad day leads to two bad days. Yeah, you know, uh, that's absolutely true. And we're talking about drive and passion, but a lot of times you know, I've learned, you know, and youth is just pure energy. It's just run, let's go. I'm going to smash everything in my way and, you know, get out of it. And, but as you get older and you start getting more tired, you start learning that you got to kind of have a little bit of dexterity and agility as well for that passion and drive so that it's, it's directional, you know, it has to be purposeful. And there's nothing I love more than hearing the guy who's like 27 years old talk about how, <laughs> how hard it's getting as you get older. I, I'm, man, my knees hurt. I'm tired of standing <laughs> up. No, but it is, you know, you, it, it's just a matter of results, you know, drive and passion are great, but getting results are better, you know? And so it, you have to have that mental dexterity to say, and that honesty, you know, to say, man, you know, I really came up with a bad idea there. You know, I just got to drop it. I got to go somewhere else and, and rehash it. And, if you're not willing to do that and have that openness to do it, you know, it, it go somewhere else, do something else. Cause it's not going to work. I think that's good. Hey, I've got a couple more questions for you before I let you go, but first I've got to thank the other sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. Podfly sets you up with the right equipment, training and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. They do all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Daniel and Antonio. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash 
cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So guys, I call this show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What is the coolest thing you guys are doing right now with Crystal Luxuries? I'm going to be really boring with this. I guess we could talk about, you know, some new product we have or new service, but the most exciting thing for me is we're running a business. You know, it's like we've got it kind of dialed in. Um, we really have strategies for approaching different initiatives. We, we know how to track our financials well. We know how to take information and make educated decisions off of it, you know, um, and I, that's something for me, I'm an operations guy. I love logistics. I love numbers. And, and so being able to turn information failures and successes into, uh, into that kind of stuff. So I think that for us as young entrepreneurs, the most exciting thing for me is, is looking at our business and being like, Hey, it kind of, kind of looks like a business, you know? <laughs> hey, it's like, uh, there, there was a, a TV production company where at the end of the, I forget it was sitcoms at the end of the show, it was like, I did that. And it was like, that's the, it was like the guy saying like, I did that. Yeah. Exactly. Anything, so, to, anything to add, Daniel? Yeah. I'm on the opposite side. He's the, he's the, um, the logistics guy, the operations guy. I'm, I'm more of the sales guy. The, uh, the, the guy who likes to go out there, do, do crazy things. Um, but I mean, the coolest thing we're doing right now is just giving our clients an exceptional experience. Um, I mean, you, I mean, we have Angela in our office who she will, if someone's like, Hey, I, I have a, I have a birthday party for a nine-year-old girl. And they're like, we want a, we want a party bus. And most companies will be like, oh, okay, that's cool. Um, but Angela will go out there and she'll buy decorations to put in the vehicle. Like she'll put stuff on the back TV that says like, happy birthday. She'll have like, like confetti and strings in there. So we customize stuff for, for like special events like that. And I don't see that happening in any, any other company here in Austin. And then when it comes to corporate people, um, we, we do think we go above and beyond to, to put their, like their branded water in the vehicle so that whoever's in there, whether it's their employees or people, they're, they're whining and dining. They, they know that they went the extra step on the back TV. We'll have their logo or their commercial plane, whatever it is. And so I think that's it's just the customization of it and the separation from we're not just a transportation company. We, we go above and beyond. That's, that's the part that I like because at the end of the day, most gratifying thing is when the client comes back and like, you guys were amazing. We love having great reviews. We love whether they put them online or they email them to us. We love when our clients tell us we did an amazing job. And you know, the thing I admire about you guys is you guys are willing to roll up your sleeves and, and, and do the work. I recently was at a Christmas party downtown at the W hotel and I was standing out on the, on the outside and there was this really cool, like totally modern looking party bus and the driver's standing out right in front of it, waiting for the crowd that he's there to pick up. And it was Daniel. And I'm like, what are you doing driving? You own the company. Well, it was the Christmas party season and it was busy. And not every driver is certified to drive the bus. And rather than not let the client have what they needed, he put on a black suit and, you know, looked like he had a fresh haircut. And he went and he drove the bus. And I'm sure the people on there, you know, didn't know you owned the company, but they probably just thought that you were the most, God, it's like he owns the company. He's so genuine. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, Tom. But yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, I mean, I have a friend who here in Austin who they own a custom home building company. And if someone calls in when they're about to sell a home, he told me, he goes, 
uh, I got to go through and clean all the bathrooms. He's like, I may, I may own the company, but I'm, I'm still the guy who cleans the bathrooms. <laughs> yeah. So I actually answered my phone today and it was a meeting planner looking for a speaker. And she started talking to me like I was my own assistant. And I said, <laughs> awesome. I go, this is, this is actually Tom. And she goes, you answer your own phone. And, and, and I was afraid she was going to think, oh, you're too small time. I'm looking for somebody who has people. And I'm like, yeah, I always try to answer my own. Yeah, yes, I do. And she's like, that is so awesome. And we ended up having this great conversation. And I was like, A, I don't have anyone else to answer my phone. <laughs> but but if I did, I still want to answer my phone. I want to I want to be the person who they talk to. I want to be right up there when I can. So uh, I think that's right. great that you did that. Yeah, you kind of have to. And it's like, hang around, watch me cook dinner. I'm really good at that too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so... I love to ask the guests who come on the show who it is they admire out in the entrepreneur sphere. When you look around, especially as young entrepreneurs growing a company in a competitive market, who do you look out there and say, wow, he or she, now they're a cool entrepreneur. So again, you're going to start to see the the polarizing, which is good, the balancing nature of, of Daniel and I. Uh, you know, I think that it's kind of older, um, but back in 2002, there was a group in uh, Paraguay in kind of one of the slums area. And there's a musician there who, uh, who was working with these kids and wanted to provide, you know, the education of art to them, but they didn't have instruments. They didn't have money to do it. So he partnered with a friend of his who was a carpenter and worked at a recycling plant. And they started making these wild instruments out of oil cans, out of, you know, broken pipes, out of all these things and, and made these instruments and got these kids to start playing music and, and teaching them Beethoven, teaching them all this stuff. And, you know, they did this for a couple of years and they got traction. And then eventually they went and played at Oxford. They toured internationally. They played with Metallica, Megadeth and all these people. And so, you know, no, it wasn't, uh, you know, I think it, it exemplifies the entrepreneurial spirit as well as, you know, making an impact to people. But that idea of, of, of seeing a need or seeing something that you want to do and kind of taking whatever it, it, it you know, whatever it takes to do it. Um, I, I, that one kind of touched me a lot. And Daniel? So what Antonio is not telling you is he is he is a very talented musician himself. We're actually doing this from his music studio at his house where he's got all his guitars, his keyboards. His no piano. wonder you guys have such a great microphone. I was noticing. I, th <laughs> yes. I thought, wow, they have like really good sound compared to the average guest. Exactly, exactly. Um, so for me, I'm going to go local because I've listened to your show. I've heard all the Elon Musk's out there and he's, he's a great guy doing great things. But um, one of the people who very entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, her name is Christy Owen and she owns and operates. It's called 365 Things Austin uh, here in Austin, Texas. And it's a blog that has turned into a company to where everyone wants to be on it. Um, whether you own a restaurant, a hotel, a company like ours, if you do, if you have a fun experience, they want to be on her website because that's where, I mean, she's got hundreds of thousands of local followers and that's what people go to. Anytime I'm going out, I'm like, what, what's new? I'll go to her website and find out, oh, this is the new stuff that's going on. And so she started it as just a blog and now she's grown into this company uh, here locally. And I mean, she's doing amazing things with that. that, that that's awesome. So the next question I ask everybody who comes on the show, and you guys are still new and starting out, so you might not have gotten there yet, but I always like to know what do people do to, to give back to the greater good? What's sort of their, the way they want to leave their mark beyond just making money? So, so where do you guys stand on that? Uh, 
Yeah, I think that it's a necessary part. It's not necessary, but for me, it is that when you have to have a deeper drive when you're getting into an entrepreneurial endeavor, if it's just money you're chasing, that drive will dissipate, if at least for a little while. And so I think for me, it's it's being a part of, you know, and making a family um, with the group that we're working with and, you know, being able to exemplify certain characteristics or, or integrity or hard work or, you know, passion and care for other people and, and uh, being able to share that um, and give that back to the community through our service, whether it's, you know, through the things we teach our drivers or, you know, things that they take back home from what they saw what that we're doing. And, you know, they look at us and say, man, look at these young guys. And, not only that, but, you know, they, they care about people or they work hard and they have all these great things going on. So that, I guess that, that that's kind of my answer is the ability to, um, is to give that back is to make my own world, you know, is to, to give what I think men should be doing and turn that into something that I can share with other people and hopefully impact them that way. And then on the other side of things, um, since we started, I believe since we started the company, we've been working with, it's called CASA mm-hmm. uh, here in Travis County. It's the, um, the children's advocacy. And so every, every year they do, they do their gala, they do fundraisers. And so we always donate what we can, <clears throat> what we can for that kind of stuff. And either, whether it's with um, donation of our services so that they can put it in one of their auctions um, or donation of our time. Um, we, that's, that's how we, we like to give back that way. Um, but it is one of those things that we are fortunate to be in the situation that we are. Um, it takes a lot of hard work, but at the same time, we're fortunate. So we have to give back. And Antonio was just uh, telling me about a new thing yesterday. Um, it's the, the, the Tim, Tim Tebow uh, foundation, and they do a, a prom for special needs kids. And so we're going to, we're going to help out with that. And I'm excited about that because, um, my little sister, she has down syndrome and, um, they've done stuff. Um, I don't know if that, um, foundation has done stuff in Tyler, but I know she's done, um, proms for special needs kids in Tyler. And so we actually just had that fall on our plate yesterday. And so we're, we're excited to do that. I'm, I'm, I'm really touched by it because I didn't ask you guys in advance about that question. And I usually like to let people know that question's coming. Of course, you listen to the show, but I'm, I'm really touched because I think that is such a great example because sometimes I meet younger entrepreneurs and their thing is, well, when I make it, then I'm going to do that. And I really didn't know where that answer was going to go. And I, I just loved those answers because it really comes from the heart. And I think when you guys are, are, are sort of a little more seasoned, when, when, when 60 is staring down the 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 speedometer at you, I think you will have done so many more things because you start young, you start flexing that muscle when you're young. Uh, I think you guys are a real example for other entrepreneurs out there who are starting and growing things in in any number of businesses. So thank you for what you do. Yeah. And I mean, it doesn't, when you, when you talk about giving back, it doesn't have to be monetary. I mean, you can, you can donate your services, you can donate your time. um, And sometimes that's worth more than just, just giving money. I tell people all the time, it's, it's, it's money, it's volunteering time, and then it's what I call good vibes. Sometimes these charitable things, they just need people to support them and talk about them and help spread the word. And so uh, money, time, and good vibes are the way that we all can impact our society. So Daniel, Antonio, I'm going to rat you out to my audience. This is the first time you guys have ever been on a podcast. 
<laughs> yes, yes, it has. <laughs> and I, yeah, thanks, Tom. Yeah, no, and and you know what? You were great guests. I I imagine you know in in a few years when when you guys have taken yourselves to uh, uh, like my previous guest to you know three countries on two continents and a million dollars a day coming in to Crystal Luxuries, and people are going to say you know you're interviewed all the time, and you're going to say my first interview was yeah. on cool things entrepreneurs do. It all started right there. <laughs> And I think I just got a new idea. I'm going to start making t-shirts that say money, time, and good vibes. I think that's a pretty good one. There you go. You, you can have that. So I, I got one t-shirt to sell, and that is trynewthings.shop. So uh, go buy a shirt. Hey, thank you guys so much for coming on and sharing your story. I really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun talking to you. Thank you, Tom. We had a great time. This was yeah, great. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Tom. And thank you to everybody who tuned in and listened. We always say it. If it wasn't for the audience, we wouldn't have a show. So if you like the show... Go promote it on social media. Go on to LinkedIn and say, I listened to this show today with these young entrepreneurs. I feel the future of the world is going to be okay now. And link back to the show. Uh, tell your friends. People find the show mostly because their friends tell them to listen. And if you really like the show, jump over to iTunes, leave a review. That just makes me happy when there's new reviews about the show. Hey, we're going to be back with a couple more episodes Every Tuesday and every Thursday. And the Thursday interviews, they're just getting better and better. If you've been listening in 2019, you know that this is the best year of interviews I've ever had. So uh, come back. If this is the first time you've ever listened, uh, you can go forward and listen to new shows. You can go backwards and listen to old shows. But in the meantime, I tell everybody all the time, if you want to be more successful tomorrow than you were today, you got to do something different. You've got to try new things. So go out there and try something new. And while you're doing it, have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.